Good morning. Welcome to Mission View Church. My name is Matt. If you're new here, this is your first time. Welcome. So glad you joined us for worship today. He is risen. risen All right. If you're new to church, you're sitting out there going, what in the world is going on right here? That's kind of an an old church tradition. We say, I say, he is risen. And you say, he is risen indeed. Let's try it again. He is risen. risen That's right. We, We serve a risen king. Jesus rose from the dead. You know, what we believe, we believe that Jesus, through the supernatural divine power of God, was crucified, dead and buried, and three days later rose from the grave. It's, it's not just a story. It's not just a myth. It's not this idea. It is a reality that Jesus physically rose from the grave. Jesus was resurrected. He defeated death. This would mean that all of his teachings were not ordinary teachings. All of his actions were no ordinary actions. This was God in the flesh, and that changes everything. So many Christians today have... Jonah being swallowed by... Jonah being swallowed by... the leper, raising Lazarus from the dead, or casting out works of God invading the human existence. For me, believing that Jesus rose from the dead and walked out of the grave is the big one. If if he is who he claimed to be, he rose from the dead, it changes everything. And if we believe that, three nights in the belly of a fish, parting the Red Sea, walking on water, man, that's just a cakewalk. We serve a miracle-working God. To be a Christian means to believe Jesus is who he claimed to be and did what the Bible says he did. That means that we have hope beyond hope and that you can have hope too. If Jesus is God, all that he taught about forgiveness and grace and mercy and heaven and hell and compassion and truth and eternity are true and you can have that hope for yourself today. If you have your, your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Matthew chapter 28. If you don't have your Bibles, that's fine. We're going to put the scripture on the screen. You can follow along that way. As you came in, you should, should receive a little program. You can follow along in there as well. We have some fill-ins that you can write in. But let's pray before we read God's word this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your son Jesus. We thank you for the resurrection where you conquered death, where you conquered sin, where you conquered the enemy. We thank you that we now can look to eternity because of what Jesus accomplished. We thank you for your sovereignty and power and your miraculous working. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew 28, 1 through 11 says this. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. They just passed out. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. 
See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. And then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Now, there's, there's two responses I want to talk about. There's two responses to the resurrection we see in Scripture and two responses that we can have today when we think about and look at the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The first one is to fill in, in your notes today so you can fill this in. It says, we, we respond in worship. We respond to the resurrection in worship. And we saw it in verse 9 to 10. And behold, Jesus met them and said greetings, and they came up, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. They grabbed his feet and worshipped him. Today, we worship the risen king, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And these women were the the first witnesses of the risen Savior. Their instant response was to fall to their knees, grab his feet, and praise him. Have you ever seen anybody rise from the dead? Me neither. Me neither. But I think I would be pretty freaked out. Would you be pretty freaked out? Somebody just like came out of the the grave or something. We see all these zombie movies we have today or whatever, but it wasn't like that. Jesus was talking. He met the women on the road, greeted them, said, do not be afraid. Jesus came and appeared to them, do not be afraid. There's something about the resurrection. When, When somebody comes back from the dead, we should probably listen to what they have to say. When Jesus came back from the dead, the biggest statement he was making is this, I am God. I am not just a man, I am God. And I hold the power over death and life and sin in my hand. Jesus' greatest statement in the resurrection is that he is divine. Logic Science, history, wisdom, knowledge, education, physics, nothing can explain the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Only Scripture brings clarity and truth to the resurrection and that Jesus is God. He's not just a prophet, not just a spiritual guru. He is not just a healer. He is the God-man, the Christ, the Messiah, truly God and truly man. The Messiah that was prophesied about thousands of years, now get this, thousands of years before he would come to earth, he was talked about. Where he would be born, how he would be born, who he would be born to, what his name would be, how he would die. This is hundreds and hundreds of years before he even came on the scene. We knew the Messiah was coming. We knew he would be born in Bethlehem. We knew he would be born to the Virgin Mary. We knew he would die on the cross for you and me. This is no ordinary book that we read today. There's no other book like it. No other book tells the future. No other book was given to us by God. He wasn't just a prophet. He is the Messiah. He is God in the flesh. Now, this amazing truth. We we can respond to this amazing truth in one of two ways. Now, it's either going to bring us a great sense of relief, or it's going to bring us a great sense of terror. It's a great sense of relief to those who have put their trust and faith in the work and person of Jesus Christ. 
Those who have gone through life and, and we've, and me being one of them, I, I had searched this world for joy. I was, I was in the search for happiness, looking for things to, to fill a void that was in my heart. I mean, we've all been there. All of us, all of us have this God-shaped void inside of us. And, and we can look to the things of this world. You can, you can, you can look to money. You can look to power. You can look to sex. You can look to drugs. You can look to alcohol. You can, you can look to any of these things and, and try and, and fill that gap, fill that void, fill that emptiness that you're looking for. All of us, every single human being, is, is looking for purpose and destiny. One of the greatest questions that philosophers have asked over eons of time is, what is our purpose? Why are we here? Who put us here? Did someone put us here? We look to things. We look to created things to give us what only our creator can give us. Did you know that there is, there is someone who knows you so well, he, he actually knows what you need? We can make lists of desires. We can make lists of wants. We can draw out our future and plan and plan and plan. But there is one who knows your tomorrow. He knows your destiny. In fact... Before time began and before he created anything, he knew your name. He knew what you would do. He knew the victories you'd have. He knew the struggles you would deal with. He knew the pain you would experience. And he loves you. God's forgiveness through his son Jesus is a free gift of grace given to all who would believe in him. Not all who live right, speak right, and act right. Not to everyone who serves the poor. Not to everyone who gives money to the church. It is a free gift of grace to those who believe and put their trust in Jesus. God tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. Like in my Bible I have that underlined, highlighted, I've got stars beside it, I've got everything right there. This is not a result of works so that no one may boast. There is one work, there is one work that was done, that accomplished it all. And it was Jesus' death and resurrection. For we are his workmanship, it goes on to say in verse 10 of chapter 2 in Ephesians, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Now get this, which God prepared beforehand, before time, before you were born, that we should walk in them. Salvation from sin comes to those who believe by grace through faith that it's not our own doing, but it is a gift from God. Now this is a great relief. That's one of the responses we can have to this. This is a great relief. And hope that Christians have. And you too can have this hope. You too can have this relief. All of the things that you're looking for to fill that void. All of the things that you're, you're looking for to find that peace in the chaos. That hope in the hopelessness. That ever fleeting happiness. The ultimate joy and ultimate hope can only be found in the person of Jesus Christ. Put your trust in Jesus today. He was a real man. He walked the earth like me and you. But he did it differently. He did it without sinning. 
He never sinned. He never had a sinful thought. He never had a sinful deed. He did what you can't do. He did what I can't do. He did what the Pope can't do. He lived a perfect life for you and me. Put your trust in him. Now, the other feeling we can have when we think about this God-man, this guy who healed people, this guy who was prophesied about thousands of years before he came, this God-man is a feeling when we think about the resurrection of terror. If Jesus is God, if he is my creator, if he has the power over life and death and his teachings We're not just some ancient wisdom from a spiritual guru, but we're the actual words of God. We are all in deep trouble if we are apart from him. If we have not put our trust and faith in the person of Jesus, we are in trouble and we should be terrified. But you don't have to be afraid. What does Jesus say to the Marys when he meets him? Greetings. Don't be afraid. You can have the assurance of eternity in heaven with Jesus by putting your trust, putting your faith in the person and work of Jesus Christ, believing he is God's son, that he did live that perfect life that we can't live, and that he did rise from the dead. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. God loves you that much. That's how much he loves us. I can't imagine giving my only son for someone else. But God did it for me and you. That's how much he loves us. I mean, he really loves you. He knows your name. He knows who your parents are. He knows if you're going to have kids or not. He knows their names. He knows every skeleton in your closet, every secret that you hold. And he still chose to die for you. He still loves you. The most important decision that you will make in your life isn't where you invest your retirement. It isn't who you will marry. It isn't where you will live or where you will work. The most important decision that you will make as you live out your life here on planet Earth is what to do with Jesus Christ. He is either a raving lunatic or he is the very son of God. That's the only way you can view him. He walked the earth claiming to be God in the flesh. He appeared to over 500 eyewitnesses after his resurrection, and he said, I am God. In fact, I hold the keys to life and death now, and I'm going to ascend back up into heaven, sit at the right hand of God the Father, and prepare a place for you in heaven. Dude was either crazy or he is God. That's the decision we all have to make. And it's the most important decision you will make in your entire life. We can respond with worship and thankfulness or we can respond in terror. If Jesus is who he says he is, put your trust in him. Quit trying to do it on your own and give your life to him. Now we can respond with worship and thankfulness, but that's not the end. 
Check out what we read in verse 16. Or actually in verse 16. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Like I said earlier, when somebody comes back from the dead and then they tell you to do something, you better jump on it, right? We have one job to do that Jesus gives us. Now, there's a couple of things, though, I want us to take note of in this section. First, Jesus says he has all authority in heaven and on earth. Jesus fulfilled all the prophecies, all the predictions of that coming Savior, a Messiah, that would bridge the gap between creator and creation that was created, that that gap that was created by sin. He accomplished his task, and now he sits in eternity with all the power and all authority. Now think about that for a second. He sits in eternity with all power and all authority. You may be here today and thinking, you know, it's Easter, I'm just here for Easter, I come for Easter and Christmas. You have to decide who Jesus is. If he really does sit in eternity right now, holding all power and authority, what are you going to do with that? What does that mean for you? If life doesn't end when this heart stops beating and we go to heaven or go apart from God, what are you going to do right now? What is the decision you will make right now? You can have assurance of eternity with your Creator. All of that angst, that want and longing for destiny, all of that angst and and longing for peace in this chaos and hope beyond hope can be found in Jesus. Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth. He accomplished his task, and he sits in eternity with all that power. And since he has authority and power, we can be sure, we can know for certain that he will win. When things in this world look grim and chaotic and off the rails, when the world seems to be at its worst, Jesus has all authority and all power. And he works out his purposes and his plan no matter what. If he truly is God and he does sit in heaven in eternity, all of the questions that we have, all, I mean, I don't know about you, but I look at the world and I have a lot of questions. Like, why is this stuff going on in the Ukraine? Why, why is there wars waging? Why, why are there pandemics? Why are there people dying? Why are there like good people struggling with really difficult things? If Jesus really is God, there's an answer to those questions. If Jesus isn't God, then that's just chaos, mess, and nothingness. And you have nothing to live for. But if Jesus truly is who he says he is, if he really did rise from the dead, there is hope, even in the midst of those messy questions and those difficult things. If he truly is God, and he truly has all authority and all power, then I'm going to get the answer to those questions. 
now. I, I may not get the, question, the answers to those questions this side of eternity. I might. I might not. But I can trust that he is God if I truly believe he is who he says he is. You may be here and have questions and accusations and all kinds of things against God. But I'm telling you, there is hope and there are answers if you're willing to look for them. God's a big boy. He can handle all your accusations and all of your questions. Bring them to him. Talk to somebody who knows him. Go read, read God's word. Read the Bible, his very word to us. Read through the book of John. See who Jesus was, how he lived, how he talked to people, what he thought about humanity, who he reached out to. Bring those hard questions and talk to somebody. Because this is the most important thing, the most important decision you will ever make in your life. Who is this Jesus? Now, the second thing goes right along with the first thing, and that is if Jesus has all authority in heaven and earth, we, we should let everyone know about this awesome Savior who has made a way for all who would believe in him to be set free from sin and have life on this earth in relationship with our Creator. And now you may have been told that, like, once you give your life to Jesus, everything is rainbows and unicorns. It's going to be amazing. You're going to have a great life. It's just going to be happy, happy, happy. But we know here at Mission View Church, when you give your life to Jesus, it's not all rainbows and unicorns. Sometimes it's tornadoes and pterodactyls. You're looking at life and you're like, what in the world? Man, so-and-so said this would be the best decision I've ever made. And my life just feels like it's tanking. The Christian life isn't an easy life. The Christian life isn't this life of happy, happy, joy, joy, rainbows, unicorns. The Christian life is a life lived on this, this earth that is just a wreck of sin and mess. But it's a life on this chaotic earth with the presence of our very creator living inside of us. When you give your life to Jesus, the Bible says that he, he takes out a heart of stone. A, a heart of stone is a, a heart that's like, they hear about Jesus, but there's just, nah, nah, whatever. You say that's an important decision, blah, blah, blah. I'm doing my thing. It's a heart of stone that just, there's no response to it. And, and it's just pursuing our own thing, doing what we want, and, and hearing this good news that, yeah, it's good news for some, but, you know, I'm doing my thing, right? The Bible says that God actually has the power to reach down and take a heart of stone out of us and put in a heart of flesh that responds to the goodness and the grace of God that comes to us through his son, Jesus Christ. God loves you. That's what you need to hear. That your creator loves you. That he has a plan for you. That there's nothing you have done. There's no sin that you have committed that is stronger, bigger, greater than the sacrifice that Jesus has made for those sins. That, my friend, is really, really good news. But there's, there's other things that, that that heart of stone create. The other thing that that heart of stone creates is pride. Psh, I don't need Jesus. I don't need a Savior. I got a good, good job. I got insurance. I've got a good wife. I've got a good spouse. I got 2.2 kids and a dog and a cat. I don't need it. I'm living the American dream, brother savings, retirement. I'm going to retire at 40. 
Good for you. Good for you. What are you going to do when your time comes? It's all great and fun here on this earth, and we can have all the pride this world has to offer, but what happens when eternity comes for you? You see, every single one of us in this room, every single one of us watching online right now, every single human being will die one day. And it's that decision that you're making right now that you're thinking through that will determine what happens after you die and leave this earth. God says, I love you so much, I want to give you eternity with me. I sent my son. It's in the history books. He lived. He lived to be 33 years old, and then he was murdered, and then he rose from the grave. That's how much I love you. Put your trust in him today. And you can have that hope, that assurance, that those Christian family members and friends that have gone before you, you will see again one day that this life isn't the end. That this life, it's just a vapor. It's a, like a wisp. It's, it's here one day and it is gone the next. It's just instant. We think that this life is everything. I mean, we live the nine to five, the Monday through Friday, the, every day. And this, this life is just this. I mean, you can't even see it. It's so small. When you think about eternity that goes on and 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 never ends, this life, whether God gives you 20 years or 80 years, is just gone. And then it is eternity with our Creator. You can have that assurance, that hope, by putting your trust in Jesus Christ today. We believe Jesus was a real man, the God-man, that he was born of the Virgin Mary, that he served with his dad as a carpenter. And at the ripe young age of 30, he launched out into the ministry that he was sent here to do. He preached good news, hope for people who would put their trust in the Messiah, Three years of ministry, and then he was murdered. He died the sinner's death that you and I deserve. But that wasn't the end of his story. He came back from the dead, proving he is who he says he is. He ascended into heaven, and now he sits at the right hand of God the Father, interceding for you and I, preparing a place for us. You can have that assurance today if you put your trust in Jesus, that you will spend eternity with him. All the things that you've tried have left you wanting. Everything that you will try in the future will leave you wanting apart from Jesus. They're empty and hollow. Only Jesus is the answer to the emptiness and hopelessness that humanity has. Come to Jesus and find freedom in him today. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the gift of your Son. And what a great assurance we have. What a great relief it is to us to know that we don't have to live some perfect life. That Jesus lived the perfect life for us. That, 
that we're going to make mistakes, and, and that's okay. That's, that's why you sent your son Jesus. But God, we pray that you would sanctify us, that you would grow us, that you would change us to be more and more like your son Jesus, more and more loving, more and more caring, more and more compassionate. And Father, for those here today that don't know you, God, I pray that you would move on their hearts right now, that you would take out a heart of stone, that you would break pride, that you would reveal yourself to them as only you can do. Come and be God in our midst. We thank you for the resurrected Jesus, the hope that we have in him. We worship you today. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's stand as we sing this closing song this morning.